0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging Impact podcast, a podcast that bridges wisdom from generation to generation. And today's guest is Ian Shen. Ian loves learning and teaching, having taught English in Japan for over 20 years. He's a man of many hats whose interest has led him to become an international preacher, professional actor in Hollywood, and an award-nominated short film producer-director. Now, as a strategic results life coach, by Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonis. Ian's mission is to help others strengthen their mindset and emotional resilience to know themselves better so they can become vehicles of empathy and impact in service of the world. So in our conversation today, we talk about just that. We talk about how to model empathy. We talk about how to have civic dialogue and engagement and the lessons that he learned at teaching English in Japan. So without further ado, Let's dive in.
1: Hello, Ian,
0: and welcome to the Bridging Impact Podcast. I am thrilled to have you on today and have our conversation around who knows what we dive into today. <laughs> That's right. So with our first question of the day that we always ask every single person we interview is what is your definition of impactful leadership and how does impactful leadership show up in your everyday sure life? third thing.
1: Well, first, thank you, Justin, for really, uh, giving me the opportunity to participate in what you're doing. Uh, I remember being on Twitter mm-hmm. and being drawn to your own little profile blurb about human potential. And I figured, hmm, this, this person sounds interesting. So I, I'm, I'm very uh, glad uh, to see what you're doing and, and being honored to be a part Thank of you. this. Uh, answering that question, I, I I've thought a lot about it since you've asked me to yeah. participate in this podcast. Um, and I think actually when we first met you asked the question online about what is leadership. And I tried to really, in the past week or so, kind of think about what do you mean by impactful leadership and what's leadership? Like, aren't they one in the same? You know what I mean? And as I thought about it, I realized that actually everybody's leading. And I thought, you know, I'm not doing a podcast, you are. (laughs) And so I thought, you know, in a sense, Justin's leading, you know, just by doing something uh, that's visible. And whether people follow his lead or not, yeah, that's, you know, really up to them, right? But you are actually taking the initiative to lead. And I realized that, you know what, everybody's actually leading all the time, you know? Um, but it's not necessarily good leadership or badly. Lead- I mean, it's not the best leadership, not uh, going anywhere, right? right? Uh and then how do you then create the distinction of, of what's impactful? I guess I would I usually use the word transformational. That's that mm-hmm. which changes the people who follow you, changes yourself as a leader, changes the people who follow you, as well as impacting and transforming the context or community or situation that you're in. You know what I mean? Kind of expanding further beyond yourself. So I think uh for myself If I were to make a distinction between just regular leadership, impactful leadership and transformation, transformational type leadership is much more intentional, deliberate. Um, It recognizes the needs of those who wish to participate in what you're leading them toward. Um, I've heard of, uh, I've actually listened to a few of your podcasts. I think it was Nikki who talked about self-leadership and the importance of that. And, yeah, and so I think part of that impact for leadership is that it changes the leader as well as they lead, you know. Um, but ultimately, I think there's an exponential component that I see. I, I, I know we will we'll probably touch upon this, but as a teacher, uh, I'm aware of the students that I'm teaching and what the impact they will have in the future. You know what I mean? So I'm very mindful of, okay, well, what I'm teaching them now, I hope will multiply and expand exponentially. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Beyond me, like, and that to me, them going out into the world to make an impact, um, ultimately I think is is the definition of a person, uh, of a leader who's mindful of the impact they're having and that it extends beyond this little group that you have right now.
0: Yes. hundred percent. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I really like where you talk about like being very intentional yeah. about leadership. I think in, in terms of the impact and then impacting that next generation. Right. You talked a lot of, a lot, I probably could go a lot of different ways with what you said, but since we're focused on bridging impact and focusing on the next generation, mm-hmm. um, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, being mindful of the impact, not only that you have when you're, you know, a teacher or a coach or someone working with youth, but how do you understand that your actions affect others and that they're gonna go, go on and be the future?
1: Yeah. Let me, let me back up a second. Just, what Please. comes to mind for me about just in terms of leadership and any movement you wanna start? Uh, I don't know if you've ever followed those TED Talks of, the one, of one particular person by the name of Derek Sivers, I think back in 2010, he did a TED talk on how to start a movement. That's the title of it. You should just Google it and watch it sometime. But basically he shows this video of a man who gets up to dance and the man is just dancing as well. Just, just no, I, I don't know if there was music, but he just gets up. It's just one lone person on a, probably a park in San Francisco at a park in San Francisco, He's just dancing around, just moving around. It looks so much fun. Now, of course, if you're sitting there in the park, you're just watching you're like, oh my God, what a crazy person, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> he's just right. like dancing <laughs> and maybe some music, but he's just all by himself, but he's just dancing away. Then someone else joins up, uh, gets up and joins him. And then he's like, he's also dancing away. Mm. Next thing you know, yeah. like one person after another gets in on this dancing, right? And so before right, you know it, right. there's this is huge crowd. Of people dancing um that to me is just an example of leadership but it's kind of like nobody planned it (laughs) it's not conscious at all not intentional and that guy who started it i don't think he set out necessarily to be a leader right Right. so he's just having a good time he's just having his good time doing what he felt he should be doing (laughs) at that moment (laughs) Right. right Yeah. So there's some element of that when you're leading is kind of the, okay, I have a vision of what I want to do, right? right? And I'm just going to live it out 100%. And let's see who sees that, resonates with that, and wants to participate. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the first phase of it, right? Yeah. Once you get people on board, right. you attract them, and you're attracting mm-hmm. the type of people who, who resonate with you. Like, you're not forcing them to join you. Now, this is, of course, different if you're in a different context, like a company where you join. Uh, right. And you're like an authority figure. Exactly. Or but at the same time, though, if you're in a company, usually when you're hiring, you hire people who resonate with your company values. So assuming that people who come to you for an interview already resonate with your company, right? Like, if you're right. interviewing somebody and they don't they don't jive with your culture your company culture value you know you're not going to bring them on board because they're not going to be on board as a follower 100 right um so i think as a leader being mindful of what it is that you're that you stand for your values right yeah and that you are clear about that and can convey that by in a sense really embodying it in you most people follow people because they are somewhat charismatic. you know, there's a lot of charismatic people. We know that people follow. Right. Right. <laughs> no one follows right. kind of you know, blah, 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 boring people me,
0: me, me, yeah. Me, or, or
1: yeah, you got to have certain something that people go, I, I want a
0: little, little pizzazz. There you go.
1: Yeah. A little pizzazz. You got something that I want to touch. <laughs> right. You know, um, and now, now that you're living in LA, you can kind of, there's that there's that ethos of, uh, celebrityism all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. So cool. yeah.
0: Influencers. Influencers. You name it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, one element of that, I don't know some people call it, it things. Some people call it charisma. You know, I, I tend to view it as don't worry about those fancy words. It's really just committed to being yourself. Right. Yeah. Committed truly to right. what you believe, what you feel you want to create into this world, right? Right. That's, the I think, the beginning of really great, impactful leadership. Because if you can be clear about what you're passionate about and what you see and where you think, what kind of world you want to build, like maybe you and I resonate on that. We want to help people reach their full human potential, you know? Yes. That then we can create yes. a world that is full of love, empathy, and positivity, you know, coming from a real place, right? And it depends on each one of us. And if that's the type of world that we want to create, then we have to somehow articulate that. And you're I think you're doing great having a podcast saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. I want to start in this little context, which is uh, not necessarily insignificant, but youth coaching youth, for example, young leaders. Great. That's where it begins. For you you know in your context
0: yeah most certainly yeah. and, and kind of what I, i'm, I'm almost hearing in there is like you got to be honest with yourself and i think this is something that i kind of have i've gone through as just a young leader in general and just being a young human yeah. is is figuring yourself out right like yeah. we had a, a conversation uh pre-pod you know talking about you know both of our own journeys mm-hmm. right but i i've gone through so i'm from a small town and right now i'm in a Big major city, city but in, in, in the midst of that transition, I was trying to figure myself out in college, right? Am I this, you know, big, big partier business guy? Am I this kind, you know, this kind nonprofit dude, yeah. right? And, you know, just, I, I'm a person that kind of goes all in into one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm learning to work with a lot more and, like, and things can exist. Like, mm-hmm. I can be a very kind-hearted individual and also enjoy, you know, having a good time on the weekends like that those both can exist sure I think.
1: yeah
0: and in a society all, all the time we're thinking about all or nothing and so i had to start being more mindful about that and more mindful of how i show up as a leader and i'm i'm curious you know because you've touched on the word a little bit more um if you could expand on how mindfulness kind of shows up and, and you touched about it a little bit but
1: if you can expand yeah on mindfulness is kind of a like loaded word these le- days because everybody has like a it different is. definition right
0: <laughs> right exactly yeah,
1: yeah. And that's probably very important too about leadership is being able to define what you mean when you say something. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, because everybody cause thinks a lot, lot of these words, words are buzzwords. So yeah. glad you're, you're asking me because I, I, I think I tend to define things a little differently than most, but who knows? Please. Anyway, <laughs> how I define mindfulness is really being, um, well, there's mindfulness. And then I guess there's mindful, intentional, deliberate, thoughtful, conscious, Mm -hmm. Those words, I think I lump all into being mindful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Right. There's, you know, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, anyone can be a leader, but leadership can end up being haphazard if you're not Mm -hmm. mindful. And there are, I mean, it takes time and wisdom to kind of develop, I guess, a working mindfulness about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and a lot of that is context related. I, and, and you being, let's say, like teaching youth, I've taught high school kids in Japan for got over twenty years. Um, and during that time, I've I've learned that. Well, one, it's not about me. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm learning sure that learning, slowly, right? Your know, position yeah. is, is totally not about you. So don't no. make it about you. <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's about them and their expectations but and that's being mindful of n- realizing it being aware that it isn't about you. Yep. <laughs> you know what i mean it's not that <laughs> a leader can learn as they go uh being mindful and aware of their context and i think this is probably one thing we don't usually talk about is how context defines what you do and say in the situation You know what I mean? Mm. Context. yeah. And very few people ask the question of, well, what context am I in? What are the expectations here of Mm. me and of them? Uh, Is that clear? And if if I can be explicit about this context, the framework of what's happening, will it help them learn? Like people a lot lot of times are kind of confused. Let me give you an example in sports. Uh, I know you love sports. You're a basketball guy, right? I, yeah, I don't baseball. like basketball. Yeah. And there's a reason. For it. It's not like I don't like basketball because I just didn't like basketball. It's because I had right. a bad gym teacher way back then. Mm. That Exactly. Didn't well, I felt, well, now looking back, I don't want to judge him, but maybe he, that's just the way he was, you know. But right. I didn't know the game. He just assumed I understood the game. I had no clue what the game was about. Right. He's like, here's a ball what do I do with it? <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, yeah right.
1: <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I watched people, okay, they're dribbling and running at the same time. Well, that's a skill. You kind of have to practice, right? It is. You don't just like it is. know how to do that. <laughs> no, it's repetition. <laughs> is it repetition, like other right? School? Well, yeah. how about a, person, a kid that's never done it once? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So, but that created a whole bunch of shame around basketball mm-hmm. so yeah you know all that all the emotions and feelings about that um so i, I had no clue of the context or understanding what was re- required of me um and i think the same thing happened to me in baseball mm-hmm. so my experience with sports has been rather kind of feeling ashamed <laughs> of it <Yeah. laughs> you know yeah. uh which is unfortunate Because I actually love activity and playing games and teams and whatnot. Games, yeah. Right? I think most kids do. They just lack that, uh, what's called, I guess, in in psychology, self efficacy, believing that they can do it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 So that was never kind of built up for myself.
0: But yeah. No, that's a really.
1: Does that help? I mean, in terms of mindfulness, kind of understanding, being able to stand back and just look at the context and situation and being able to articulate and explain it and communicate that and navigate that with, let's say the players or whomever is involved.
0: I I couldn't, I I resonate with that so much because I think that's a big thing I struggle with as a, when I went from player to coach and I Mm. coached like this seventh grade team of beginning basketball players, Mm -hmm. I would say things. And they'd look at me like, like what <laughs> I'm like a like an alien. Right. And I was like, I had an aha moment that I had to teach mm. the game, right? Like mm. I couldn't just say words, right? You ha- and, and it's being mindful of the words that you use. Yeah. They don't mm. know what the free throw line is. Right, right They don't right. know what the three point line is. Yeah.
1: They're like, What are you talking yeah, what are you about? Talking dude? about right?
0: And and so now as a youth basketball coach, I'm really I'm very mindful because I don't want people to have shame around, you know, the game of basketball yeah. or baseball. Cause I want them to, you know, no, no they're not all going to play in high school or college or the NBA, most certainly not, yeah. but I want them to have a positive relationship so they can play some pickup, play some softball yeah. when they're adults. Right. Yeah. Like that's what I'm kind of seeing for them. If you talk about into the future, cause I think physical activity is so important. Sure. Right. And being yeah. active. So with that and, and kind of your, this mindfulness, I'm curious how you brought that with you to Japan and like use that in your, um, oh, what's the word,
1: pedagogy
0: in, in teaching.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of my lessons in teaching have been learned along the way. So don't be yeah. too hard on yourself because. if you don't know it. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. learn as you go, as we all do. Um, exactly. It's not like I started knowing anything. I think probably the 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 one lesson that stands out to me um, when I first I started teaching when I was twenty five, like at your age, around that time, right? And the students I was teaching was four years younger than me. Uh, you know really? five four or five years younger than me, so they were just graduated, so we were close in age, uh-huh. but there was clearly a role discrepancy you know i'm teacher right. they are student and in a formal setting where there's they're sitting down and i'm standing up in front of them right and i do remember thinking what 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 do i know about teaching about uh teach and, and in a foreign country to people who don't understand a word i'm saying <laughs> right? right i'm teaching the language yeah. that there's that i'm speaking now to them and they have no clue yeah. <laughs> exactly so this, immediately is was just kind of like okay well all right well if i were sitting there right how would i view me mm. so being a, yourself think, in their shoes yeah put yourself in their shoes you know um one thing i realized is the importance of recognizing role and identity it didn't matter who i thought who or what i felt at the moment What was important for that context was they expected a teacher to know what they were teaching and to present it in a way that was understandable and it was my job somehow (laughs) to make it understandable to them make sure they got it Mm -hmm. right what i learned was I just need to give them their expectation, Mm. like fulfill their expectation. They expect a teacher. They expect a teacher to be a certain way, to act a certain way. And so I realized what I was having to do was to take on a role, right? And then, okay, like what does it mean to act like a teacher that they expect? You know what I mean? Right um
0: yeah that was kind of my follow-up yeah
1: yeah so it's like okay what does it mean you know uh how do i be a teacher that even though they don't understand my language but by my non-verbal communication which i learned non-verbal big. <laughs> right big. is really how yeah. they will understand right so um being a teacher really is a performance art in many ways.
0: It is. Yeah. Right?
1: And so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, whenever we are in those kinds of positions, like teacher leaders, uh, coach boss, people are watching, right? They're watching. Always, always watching. Always. You know, they're, they're, we're seeing what, uh, coach Justin is doing there. What's he doing? <laughs> you know, right. how is he treating other players? Like they're watching. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. hmm So, it just dawned on me that my teaching went beyond words what i was giving them yeah it was really more about me being a teacher you know being a good model of a teacher
0: yeah yeah so when you recognize that like what what came about what did you did you start shifting some of your behavior like i'm kind of curious because i don't know if they what's the what the expectations are as a te- as an English teacher in a foreign country versus like, you know, being an English teacher here in the United States. Um, was there a, a, a certain, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. What, what were you learning in that process?
1: It's scary. If you're, I think there's yeah. a certain scariness about approaching a foreigner. Yeah. Where if you're trying to communicate, you can't really, they, you, you don't feel like you can. Right. I, what i realized with, with language learners, at least the Japanese is a great desire to connect with you, mm. but they're scared to death <laughs> to do it.
0: Yeah. Right. So
1: how do you bridge that for them? Yeah. Okay. How do you, uh, create a space and a context for them to feel that it, one, that making a mistake in communication with words, doesn't matter. I'd rather you try it and just totally mess up and fall flat in your face than not to do anything at all. So I tell them, I don't, it doesn't matter if you make a mistake, just make them all. I'm like, make all your mistakes in this room. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then, so that when you get out there, you have less mistakes. Just do exactly. it all here. <laughs> right. So yeah, create, I think uh, for myself, really trying to eliminate fear are the opportunity Mm -hmm. for fear and just create safety and security for them so they can learn and try yeah that's so important with the sports you know everybody you know everybody's yeah testing their ability and wouldn't you say
0: oh yeah i mean yeah i when i was i'd like to say we if you're not making mistakes you're not trying right Right, because that means you're not pushing yourself you're not trying anything new you're just staying the same right and i think I, I was running like a part in the Boys and Girls Club last year when I was doing a basketball. Program. Oh, nice. I would, make yeah. them yell, I would make them yell, I love mistakes. <laughs> you know, to try and <laughs> get go. that ingrained because it, it's not ingrained, right? They want to make every shot, they want to make sure they dribble all the time and yep. never get the ball stolen. And, you know, sometimes it is, you know, parents that are putting a lot of pressure. And that's probably a whole nother conversation. Is, but I think yeah. creating cre- creating the safe <laughs> space. It is a responsibility of the teacher and a coach. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So kind of going into, uh, I think where I really was hoping to, and where I just really valued your tweets and, and what you were putting out into the world mm. and something that's important to me is, I, I wanna kind of begin with it with the, the cross-cultural connection and bridge mm-hmm. that you were able to do. But I also want to kind of move it into kind of the polarization of the world we live in Mm. and, you know, like being able to have civic conversations and dialogue with people we disagree with, but I kind of want to start with the lens of, of how you did that in Japan first, and then we can take a plane and come back to America and and talk a little Mm. bit of civic engagement and conversations from there.
1: I actually really appreciated my time in Japan, if anything, to give me a perspective of America. Uh, mm. you know, I grew up in the Midwest in Illinois. Okay. Right. And then I moved to California and, and stayed there for my school years before mm. moving to Japan. Growing up in the Midwest, I had my own, my experiences of, of being Asian in an all white community, which was, okay. you know, I had to deal with, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, even grow, dealing with growing up in a bicultural home. I'm Chinese, so when I went to Japan, I was just sort of disassociated with my own ethnicity. I don't know how, if you, you can see. understand. It's very difficult for. Uh, it's hard for me to explain. It's kind of like uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in a white community, so and I, you know, kids want to belong, so I kind of yeah. didn't want to think about my Asianness. I didn't, it, it was kind of a. I tried to block it out, maybe not not right. consciously, but subconsciously. That happened. Right. It really shocked me when I got to California because there's so many more Asians. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. where did all these right. names come from?" <laughs> I guess I'm an yeah. American, <laughs> right? Right. So I, especially going to uh, uh, the university there, everybody's like, like maybe 50% Asian. I'm like, "Oh my god," and I felt out of place. Yeah. and then when he went to Japan, Yeah, well, everybody's Asian, right? But they're not just Asian. Right. right. Here's the deal. I was like, they're Japanese, and I'm not Japanese. Right. I look Asian. Right. And as long as I keep my mouth shut and don't smile or anything, no, no facial expressions because it's very American to have facial expressions. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're like walking around and you're smiling. Right. Yeah. But most Japanese are like, you know, just expressionless. <laughs> Walking through the right. station. Um, I realized I had to deal with the whole uh, ethnicity thing. Anyway, from that frame of lens, I gravitated toward, you know, my American identity being in Japan. Okay. Because everybody else also wanted, oh, you look Asian, so you're kind of comfortable. So let me talk to you a little bit more about, you know, America, what's life in America like? And, right. um but from my perspective, because I was gravitating more toward being American, mm-hmm. it made me question like what does it mean <laughs> for me to be American yeah. right And I was following I guess everything I was as I was watching I think that was back in uh, well I guess the internet really was my connection to to America or back in the states and I was noticing as we were as Twitter and Facebook and everything else was coming up, mm-hmm. the, the the polarity was getting worse mm-hmm. and worse. Right. I find myself this morning, I actually tweeted something about Twitter. I said, yeah. Twitter is like a river. I did see. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was thinking about this. I'm like, is like this river and you can, I try my darndest to stand on the banks of the river, watching the river go by. Right? right, And I'll notice things, and and I realize that a lot many people just wade into the river and get washed down the stream, like they just go with it, and they yeah. can't control it. You know, themselves, right? Anymore. And I and I see how dangerous that is. Um, that we get wa- washed in the the fear, scarcity, talks, the the outrage. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So I, I feel that social media is really important and very powerful tool, but at the same time, without, with this kind of mindless use, using it, the way, thoughtless right. way of approaching it, you can get really yeah. stuck, uh, going with the current, Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, definitely you can get stuck going with the current. And I think. Number one, it's great to connect, right? We wouldn't know each other without exactly, Twitter, right? We wouldn't be on this call, we wouldn't be on this conversation. But at the same time, I think it kind of goes back to to being mindful in the in the leadership, because if you use Twitter just just to use it, and you're not thinking about why you're using it or being mindful. I think
1: what you just said is so so important. Why are you using what you're and, using? Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Why are Why are you using it? Yeah. And, are you just going to show up and just, you know, berate other people? And, and this is the other thing. Like, I'm not sure if you've seen the, the documentary on Netflix Oh, what's it called? The, it's a tech documentary and it's talking social delivery and yep. Social dilemma. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, um, And just like, it's so easy to be in your own echo chambers yeah. and then, you know, if this person is thinks this, they're a terrible human being. And yes. This person's terrible. Then everyone's going to bring down America. It's just like, it like, I want there to be more civic engagement and dialogue, not shouting and yelling. What What is that accomplished?
1: Right? The shouting. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you, do you think Twitter is a platform that would facilitate that? That kind of, uh, the, the, so the I, engagement that you're talking about.
0: And probably not, <laughs> but is you there, know, like, is there I, an
1: alternative? Ca-
0: yeah, what what is the alternative? Yeah, I think that that's 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 a good point. But I do think you know we I feel like there just needs to be almost at least let us focus on the youth right because they they they're still learning right. Is is there a way that we could teach you know kids or, or young users of the internet, yeah. or really all humans, that you are engaging with another human behind a screen, right? I think yeah. that's what a lot of people forget is that like they see a profile picture, they see this, they see you know, a couple emojis and they assume something about someone's story that they have never even. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know. Is it, is it possible? Like, I don't, I don't know the psychology behind it. Right. Like I'm just a dude talking about this right I now. Hear I hear you. You're asking yeah, the, the yeah.
1: important questions. Is it like, how do we address this? I, I've thought a lot about it as well. You know, being, I think when I'm a kid, I kid, I get into a teacher mode and think about how I can hmm. help my kids navigate it. Um, I think empathy, teaching empathy Mm. is probably the, the most necessary skill we need for leaders of kids and yeah, um, and being able to put yourself in other people's shoes. Right. Right. I mean, that's what leaders doing anyway. I mean, for themselves and trying to help these kids and you, what you realize is when you're dealing with people through a screen. You, you lack a certain empathy there. I mean, there's a there's a there's you a really wall that makes it difficult to have empathy, right? Like they're not real, you know? Yeah. And then and it's kind of hard to navigate because there's so many things that on TV uh, through the screen that isn't real.
0: <laughs> no, you know, what I mean, I mean, like, yeah, a lot of things aren't real. Yeah. yeah. So
1: you kind of I, I worry about my my nephew, like he, okay, he's growing up seeing me through screen uncle Ian right. is through a screen do you know what I mean yeah <laughs> like there's no yeah. the, the only like last week when he came to visit was the first time I actually met him face to face but other than really? that is just life yeah. through a screen or knowing his uncle through a right screen. um how does that affect children growing up I don't know <laughs> I, yeah. I, mean, I don't know
0: I don't know but i do know that the physical that's why i love coaching and like working with youth in person yeah. is because i feel like that human human connection it can never be replaced yeah and yeah i i believe like the human human connection is necessary and also it's really important to have social media and be able to connect and have yeah. these conversations where where you're in vegas and i'm in la yeah right like i think it that's great but i don't know i, I in in it Maybe this is just a of society and it being everything needing to be so fast, yeah. right? It's, it's hard to go places and have an actual civic dialogue and conversation. That takes me driving to city hall and right. taking two hours of my time. Convenience versus... plays into it, huh? Yeah.
1: yeah convenience sure is does. definitely, I feel like a big thing, you know, back in, I guess, you know, in the Greek history time, they had the forum where people would, you know, just go and discuss, right. Right, And I think for a long time, our society before internet, well, what, what do we do? We had like coffee shops and we hang out at the right. mall, <laughs> yeah, or, you know, yeah. Uh, stuff like that, where we would have these kinds of discussions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you, have you, did you hear about the news where Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter? Yeah. 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 Recently. Did you have, right. do you have any thoughts on that one? I mean,
0: I don't I have a mix of, mixed thoughts on, on Elon because I mean he's a great innovative guy, but yeah. at the same time I almost, you know, as as the the humanitarian in me is like, why are you spending resources to send you know people with ultra wealth to to another Mars and colonize another planet versus <laughs> when we have like you know, this people here, yeah. here, here in LA. You know, at Skid Row, what we talked about the other yeah. day. It's like, why can't we use some of those resources? And like, I'm a person that believes in, you know, in in businesses and the power of of the private sector. I'm not mm. someone that wants, you know, the public sector have control of everything. And I do believe in innovation and in you know, investments, right. But I, I just believe also in so much of human potential and investing in people as well.
1: Right. Well, you know, his, his, he's always been somewhat of a, a free speech absolutist believing that right. And some think that he wants to take Twitter and just like open up and stop all the, right. the, the, I don't want to say censoring, but the curating of certain tweets and tweaking the right. algorithms or whatnot. Um, kind of a long the uh, the point you brought up about polarity do you think an all free twitter would be good for society where you could anyone can post and say anything without being deleted that's <laughs> moderated
0: that, that's that's a great question yeah. like you know cancel culture i'm i'm not a huge fan of cancel culture but i don't also also don't want to sit here and and let people spew you know Racist, right? Or misogynist, or you well, know, the just list disinformation, goes on,
1: like, left and right. Yeah,
0: disinformation, exactly. Like you shouldn't be able to spread that rampantly. Yeah, like I feel like that has to be somewhat regulated and and moderated, right? But like, who who does it, right? What are their political backgrounds, right? I think sometimes you know people on the right, you know, get upset because you know they they are probably more moderated than others, and this is a very slippery slope, right? But at the same time, I do, I, I, I just like, I want to have more civic dialogue, Hmm. but I guess the, the real question is how.
1: Yeah. And, and in a way that is respectful,
0: constructive, right? Constructive.
1: Yeah. And and productive. I mean, a lot of times, like you said, we have a lot of yelling back and forth these days, calling names, which is unfortunate.
0: And I, and I think that key word is respect, respect, right? Like you just have to respect the other person and, and, and saying, saying derogatory terms about other human beings is not respectful. Yeah, Like that's just like, that's not respectful. And I feel like civic dialogue and engagement has to be respectful on Twitter or in person. doesn't matter.
1: I was on that point. I was thinking about, well, in the past, when you say something not respectful, what happens to you? You get shame, right? Social shame, or somehow punished. Right. It would seem that nowadays, what is, if we don't have that tool to shame someone or to punish someone, they'll just continue doing it, right? Right. Well, what tools do we have now? Moderation, (laughs) kicking them off the (laughs) platform. You know what I'm saying? Right i feel like we're getting to a point where we might be losing some of those tools yeah uh, i mean we have politicians saying like whatever the the heck they want
0: the bleep yeah right? yeah whatever they want literally <laughs> and, and, whatever. They and want. they
1: can get away with it
0: no repercussions yeah, no
1: repercussions so you can't have it i don't think you can have a a a civil society where that happens no. When, when one side of the conversation decides, I'm going to just ignore all the rules that are of, of right. a typical convention of communicating. Yeah. Well, we can't have, have a society that way. Um, no. But I think part of... When I try to engage on Twitter, I, I, I get sucked in myself, so I, I, I understand... The, the temptation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm human. But right. I also try kind of to stand back and take a look. What's happening here? What are they trying to do, this person? And point it out to other people who might. I just gonna throw it out there. This is what I see. <laughs> you know, this guy's yeah. trying to gaslight you. He's saying this to push your buttons, you know? Right. Uh be aware of that, just so you know. <laughs> just be mindful, yeah. be aware. But most, you know, a lot of people get, oh, he called me a name, so I'm going to call him a name back, and, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they just go crazy. Yeah, and the circle never ends. Yeah.
0: And the circle never ends.
1: Um, but I, I don't know. How, is there some way to devise <laughs> some way of <laughs> red light warning? This is a, a gaslighting post. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I, that's it, it's, that's a challenge.
0: It is a challenge. It is most certainly a challenge. And I just wanted to have a conversation. I didn't necessarily say we need to have a answer here. for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no solution. We're solutions. not solving the problem. Hey,
1: we can solve the problem, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, us too. We're taking on the world. That's scale. right. <laughs> but I do think, you know, kind of as, as we wrap up this conversation, we can control what we can control and we can do our part yes. to have civic dialogue on Twitter and in person.
1: Yeah, and I think if we can model that empathy and mutual respect exactly. for people, like I said, I think, uh, at the end of the day is really empathy, uh, your other human being, you know, we don't, we can't be desensitized to them, not hurting or them, you know, desensitized to not understanding them or if they're feeling their pain. Um, I think that's probably the, the main focus that I, I think, at least I try to focus on is just have empathy, Yeah, you know?
0: have empathy. No, I love that. And so with our, our last um, session here, um, what final advice do you have to the young leaders and young coaches that are a- um, listening to this podcast? Any resources you want to share? And where can people find and engage with you?
1: All right. Um, if eh? <laughs> a practical way of building empathy, I think would be to teach kids to ascribe positive regard for someone you know that everybody has a story everybody's wing pretty much winging life kind of going through it and learning as they go and everyone's trying to do their best everybody wants to do their best right and everybody wants to experience the best um but everybody also may feel that they lack certain choices or that this is the only one i have and this is why i do what i do like they don't have enough options uh, but i think i think that's a great reminder for myself and for for any leader or teachers just you know every regard everybody positively that there's yes. positive intention in what they're doing they may be acting like an idiot they may be making choices that are horrendous to themselves or others but you know what? They're probably doing that because they're in pain or they're suffering or there is exactly. it's a cry for help somehow, you know, but give them the positive intent, the sense that they're doing this because they want a better life somehow. I mean, not exactly. the best choice necessarily, but hey, they right. still want the best life. Right. I think that, exactly. that's probably my advice is really see everybody with a positive sense. Positive eye. I remember one
0: of the first people I interviewed, she said that she always tries to find at least one positive trait of yeah. each person yeah, that she that's works great, with. And that's I was like, I, th- I, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, so any resources or, and, and where can people connect with
1: you? Um, Resources for empathy. I wish I had some of those.
0: Empathy, <laughs> Empathy, mindful leadership, anything we talked about today. There's
1: one place called Conscious... Leadership.io, I think it is. Okay. Look up Conscious Leadership. They're a great uh, resource for what it means to lead consciously and what, like I said earlier, consciously being thoughtful, uh, deliberately intentional type of leadership. Yeah. Not reactive, but proactive. Absolutely. Uh, there's a great website.
0: Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to hit them up yeah, and get someone on a podcast interview. I,
1: I would I would recommend it. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, if you want to contact me, you can, uh, get me at, uh, on Twitter, which is, uh, twitter.com at Ian Shen, my name, I E N S H E N. That's fine. Perfect. All right. Well, thank, thank you
0: so much for your time today, Ian. I enjoyed our conversation. Likewise. I, I know thank the listeners you. did as well. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like subscribe leave a comment and a review on whatever platform you're on it's the best way to help us grow we appreciate you for doing that we'll shout you out on social media I'd also love if you connected with me on social media let me know your thoughts and this is why I do it I want to share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward make an impact on the world so stay tuned stay subscribed Cheers.